Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. We're dealing with some things that uh, oftentimes we just don't say what we really think in these particular areas, and we need some help translating in these areas. So uh, we're going to do our best to hit four areas, one uh, each week, and I think we'll have just an incredible time today. Um, I remember in my early marriage, you have to remember, I grew up with six brothers, no sisters, so it took me a while to get a hold of things. But in our early marriage, um, there were times when Gina would come up and say, hey, there's something that's bugging me, or there's something that I want to talk about. Um, I'd like to talk to you about it, you know, as soon as possible. And, and I would just say, okay, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, and I'd walk away. And what I didn't understand was translated, she was saying, I want to talk right now. I didn't know that. And what she didn't know is what I was saying, translated, if I wait a couple days, maybe she'll forget and I can avoid the awkward conversation that might come out of it. And that is something I had to learn and I had to grow in. And here's what we know about God. God's growing all of us. And I'm so glad that the Bible promises that he began this incredible work and he's going to fi finish it in all of us. And it takes time and it's a process and that's okay. So today we have a subject we're going to talk about. And I can tell you this, um, I've pastored here at Believers over 30 years and I've had conversations like this in my office at different times and they're really heartbreaking. My heart breaks when I have a conversation like this where someone will come in and they'll let me know that, hey, my mate cheated on me and they're going to leave me. And they're leaving me for the other person. And you see the pain. The pain is, is in their eyes, and you can see it. And they'll just look and they'll say, I, I don't think I can ever trust anybody again. I've never been hurt so bad, or whatever it might be. I don't think I can, you know, ever go on. I don't think I could have another relationship. And I've talked to many people in those scenarios. Another scenario that's come to me at different times is where I have a business person come in to see me and they, they were partners with another Christian and that Christian either stole off them or they did something to ruin the business and they'll just look at me and say, can you believe they did that? And, and they're shocked that it happened and they're angry and upset with the person. And I have watched people be hurt at some really, really high levels. And when I translate that, it goes like this for me. It hurts so bad, I can't forgive. And sometimes it really feels that way, that it hurts so bad that you just wonder, can I ever forgive the person? And if you're here and you've not been hurt bad in your life, I don't want to make you think I'm cursing you or speaking something evil over you, but sooner or later, someone's going to hurt you bad, and you're going to have to understand how to deal with it and or someone's going to do something that offends you. Maybe it won't hurt at that level, but you will have to forgive them. That's just what happens in life. And I love this quote, it's easier to forgive an enemy than a friend. And we could put in there, it's easier to forgive an enemy than a mate. It's easier to forgive an enemy than a Christian. And the reason is, is when you're close to someone, you don't expect it. You just don't expect that they would do that. But when you're not close to somebody, um, and they do it, yeah, you expect that. Yeah, that's what an enemy would do. They don't like me anyway. And so it's an incredible pain, 
And we want to talk about this incredible pain today. We want to open up the Word of God in this particular area. And what I've found out is that when we lose a loved one or when somebody hurts us really bad, we have to go through what's called the grieving process. And most of us are aware of, of this. But I had to learn something in regards to the grieving process that took me a while to understand. And the experts say there's five stages. And the, the first stage of the grieving pro process is denial. And uh, that means like this really didn't happen or m maybe, maybe this isn't what really took place. And then there's the anger stage, which I want to take some time and talk about in a moment. Then there's the bargaining stage. You know, God, can you fix this? God, can you change this? Or we may even bargain with people concerning it. Then there's the depression stage. And then there's what's called the acceptance stage. And that's when you just finally realize it happened and I have to go on with my life. You may not go through all five of those. You may just hit one or two. All of us are different. Every event is different. But I can guarantee you that if you've been hurt, if somebody uh, has done something to you, at one time or another in your life, you're going to have to deal uh, with what's called grieving. And I had a situation that happened many, many years ago, and uh, someone hurt me really bad, and I tried to forgive them, and I would forgive them over and over again. I, I, I'd say, Father, I forgive them, and I'd pray, Lord, I forgive them. And then I'd lay down at night to go to sleep, and I'd have these tormenting thoughts hit my head. That's all I could think about is what happened to me, what they did. And I'd fall asleep with those tormenting thoughts. And I'd speak to them, and I'd tell them to go, and they just would bombard me. I'd wake up in the morning, and those same thoughts, as soon as I woke up, they'd hit me, and I'd, I'd have them on my mind. And then I'd go through my day, and they would nag me throughout my day. Now understand, I keep saying, Father, I forgive them. Father, I release them. Father, I don't hold them responsible. I go to bed the next night, the same thing. Now, this went on for months, and because I'm a guy, guys wait a while to get some help. You, I think most, most of us guys are the same, so it went on for months, and I finally came to a place where I said, I can't live in this torment anymore. I can't take it anymore, so I sought out some help, and I went to a Christian counselor, uh, and, and they're, they're certified, you know, trained counselor, but they're also Christian. I wanted to make sure they held the same values that I hold, and uh, so I went to a Christian counselor, and uh, they did what they do. You know, I shared the story I just shared with you. I shared the exact event that happened. And I just said, I'm tormented. And I try to forgive them, but I, it just keeps coming back. And then I have to forgive them again. And I can't get rid of this, these tormenting thoughts. So they did what they're trained to do. They peeled back the layers. They, they help you get to the root of it. I wasn't able to get to the root of it. And uh, after several sessions, they looked at me and they said, here's what's going on in my opinion. They said, I think I can really help you. Um, your belief system's wrong. That's what they told me. You have to correct your belief system. And they said, you are not angry with what they did to you. You have never gone through the anger stage. And you're blaming yourself. And you're thinking you're not allowed to be angry. And then they quoted a scripture that I'm very much aware of, but I couldn't put it into this context, which the Bible says, be angry and sin not. And Jesus was angry in, in the temple, and he turned tables over and had a whip, and he was upset that they were doing commerce in the wrong way in the house of God. So anger is a real thing. And, and I was not allowing myself to go through the anger stage because I thought it would be unspiritual. And so I just, I just felt that was not a place I should go. 
And uh, I share these things to help people. So they were able to tell me, uh, you, need to let the, you, you need to let anger come. They wronged you. They really hurt you, except the fact they did you really bad. And, and so um, I walked out of that appointment. It's the most amazing thing in my life. I never had anything like it. I told my wife later, it was like a gusher. It was like a volcano uh, spitting forth lava. <laughs> and I started to drive, and that anger just began to flood out of me. I was shocked that it was in there. And, and uh, it just flooded out of me. And it lasted about a week, and the volcano was fine. And, and uh, I was at rest. And I felt, I felt this incredible peace at that point. And it was the most peaceful thing. And then I was able to forgive him again, <laughs> but the thoughts left. All the torment left because I, I accepted the fact I was wrong. I had to accept the fact, yeah, they wronged me, and there's nothing I can do about it. Let's go on with life. But God has called me to forgive them. And I had to, I had to learn that sometimes we need to go through the process. So some of you may be here and going through the process, and I'm going to encourage you about some things you can do to go through the process. Others, uh, you've gone through it, and I'm going to just help you stay in forgiveness, or I'm going to help you forgive maybe somebody you haven't been able to forgive. And uh, here's a wonderful truth I, I hope to uh, illuminate today. It's, it's an awesome truth. Uh, we forgive because we're forgiven, guys. And that's what it's all about. The reason we forgive is because God forgave us, and he forgave us wonderfully. And he's called us to be forgivers. And I'll tell you what, that's not human nature to forgive. And before I met Jesus, I was a person that held on to bitterness. And uh, even in my early marriage, uh, if Gina and I got in a fight um, and we got into an argument, I, I didn't want to deal with it for a while, you know, because uh, I enjoyed just letting it stew. It was kind of good. It got tastier as it stewed. And uh, uh, I could go days, and Gina can't have a loose end, so she, she needs to deal with things quick. And, and uh, she, she had to really push me to talk about some things. And I kind of enjoyed torturing her and uh, just knowing, she, you know, she's not settled. And then it, it felt good. Uh, some of you may be like me. Many of you are probably more spiritual than I am. You're more like Gina. But, but my human nature was I enjoyed being angry for a season. And God had to open up my eyes that uh, we forgive because we're forgiven. That's why we forgive. And listen to this beautiful scripture, Colossians 3.13. Make allowances for each other's faults. There's no person that is perfect anywhere on the planet. And forgive anyone who offends you. You will be offended if you rub shoulders with people. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Can we all agree that's pretty, pretty emphatic? I mean, we must forgive others. And, and I remember as a young Christian growing in this and and I just thought, Lord, this is the most unnatural thing for me to do. Lord, I'm Italian. We hold grudges forever. And now you're wanting me to come out of my background and forgive people? Uh, no, that's hard to do. And I struggled with it. I had to grow in it. And I share these things about myself to help everybody, you know, understand, hey, this is a process. Christian growth is a process. And oftentimes we'll translate, we'll say all kinds of other things, and what we're really saying is, I don't want to forgive, or it hurt too bad to forgive, and we want to deal with that today. So uh, he forgave us, guys, and here's something I love about God's forgiveness. Uh, the Greek word for forgive in, in, in the New Testament is a theomy. It's a really cool word. It has a threefold meaning, and here's the meaning. It means to dismiss charges. I like that. So when you go to God and say, hey, I blew it, I sinned, do you know that God 
dismisses that charge. It's no longer held against you. And then he cancels the punishment. How many of us are excited? God cancels punishment. That's awesome. Now, if you robbed a bank, you still are going to pay down here. You know, if the authorities get you, you're paying. But God cancels the penalty. I love the fact that he does. And thirdly, he treats the guilty person as if they were innocent. The Bible says that God throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness, that God remembers them no more. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far he casts our sins from us. So I always talk to people that deal with uh, insecurity and uh, they, they deal with wondering whether or not God loves them. And, uh, I, you know, I, I know without a doubt God loves me. Uh, my self-esteem with God is, I really believe when he forgives me, he forgives me. So the next day when I pray, I don't, I don't believe God's up there mad at me because he, he's treating me as if I'm innocent. He dismissed the charges. He canceled the punishment. He forgot what I did, and he forgets what you do. And I want you to begin to be able to have that relationship with God. But here's what God's saying. We affiamy because he affiamied us. And he's asking us to forgive like he forgave. Now, we have a little bit of a problem compared to God, and that is we can't forget things. Uh, they can become more minimal, but we're not like God. We can't throw something and, and remember it no, no more. But we can make sure we don't focus on things and they become smaller and smaller and smaller and they become just a tiny scar that doesn't bother us anymore. And so I learned something in pastoring for this length of time, over 30 years. I've learned something in walking with God and having to forgive. And I've learned that there's two levels or two types of forgiveness. And both of them include a me, but they're a little bit different. And the first one is what I call closed forgiveness. They apologize for what they did. That, that means you have closure. It was dealt with. And typically you become closer friends as a result of this type of forgiveness. So it's called closed. The second type is called open. Much different. They won't apologize for what they did. And so you're still to me them, but you won't be able to continue a friendship and you still forgive, but you'll have to set up some boundaries. That's way different. That's different than closed. I don't know about you, I prefer closure and, and I like to have relationships closed. Like I said, in, in the early days, I could live with something a long time, but as I've gone on in God, I, I, don't, like, I don't like relationships that, that are not fixed. I like to fix everything. But, you know, reality is, we can't fix every broken relationship. That, it's a shame, but that's humanity. It's never going to change. And so we need to understand the two types of forgiveness, open and closed. And I came up with a thought, a way of helping you, bringing this through the Bible. I think you'll enjoy it. And I call it closed versus open forgiveness. And this scripture is what I call the perfect scenario. And it goes like this, Luke 17, 3. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. If he sins, again, uh, sins against you seven times in a day and seven times comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. This is called closed. What happened? The scenario is they said, you're right, I'm wrong, forgive me. Now, here's what I learned when I sit with someone. If someone offends me and I say, hey, let's talk, sometimes once we begin to talk, I realize 
I took it wrong. Sometimes I just, I realize, oh, that's not what you meant. So I'll say to them, you know, this is how I felt when you did such and such. And then as we talk it through, I realize I took it wrong. I was too sensitive. And, 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 and we close it out. It's closed out. But then sometimes they really did do something, and it's obvious. And it, this is the perfect scenario, man, when you can just close it out and you can go on with life and say, we dealt with this baby, and it's been put to rest. That's, that's the best scenario. But now I want to talk to you about what I call pursuing closure. And uh, Jesus, in Matthew 18, he has some just incredible sections of scripture about forgiveness here and that's what we're going to do we're going to go through this and matthew 18 15 says this if your brother sins against you go and show him his fault just between the two of you if he listens to you you have won your brother over this would be the perfect closed forgiveness they say you're right i'm sorry forgive me now here's a point that i think you see but i want to emphasize it when someone offends you the Bible says go to them and let them know. And human nature typically is to tell all of our friends before we go to them, if we ever go to them. And God so wants closure in relationships. He so wants peace amongst Christian brothers and sisters that he says, hey, if somebody hurts you, the first thing you do is you go in private and you talk with them and you say, hey, what you did hurt me, let's talk about it and you deal with it. He, he's, he's really a God that wants closure and wants peace. Now, what happens if they say, no, I don't want to deal with it? Well, he, he goes on and he says this, Matthew 18, 16, but if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, this would be some mature Christians that you know, and you say, hey, I need you to come help me. I, I would pick out somebody that knows them too so they feel comfortable. And you go talk to them again. You bring the same thing up. Now you have some witnesses. And what happens if at that moment there's no closure and it's still open? Well, the Bible gives us one more scenario. Here's the next one. Matthew 18, 17. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Now that doesn't mean we stand up here and tell everybody that so-and-so sinned. That means go to one of the pastors. If it's a bigger church, you go to an associate, whatever. You go to, you go to one of the leaders in the church. You tell them, and, and then it says, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, even a spiritual leader in the church can't get through to them. Listen to this next phrase. Treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Can we all agree that's strong? So let's begin to think about what this means. Let's tear it up, tear it apart, tear it open. You know, the Bible says we're to love our enemies. So a pagan, a tax collector, those are people that are living in sin, not following God. And the Bible says treat them that way. So we know we love people that aren't following God. We love sinners. We know we're to rub shoulders with them. We know we can have, uh, you know, we can sit down and have coffee, have some relationships. But what does the Bible teach us about who we become closest friends with? who we have deep relationships with. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked. And it says what place has righteousness with unrighteousness, light with darkness. And so when he says treat him as a publican or a tax collector, he's telling you to draw a boundary and that you can no longer be close friends with that person. And that's all he's saying. 
So it's not that you make fun of them, you treat them bad, uh, God gave you, uh, you know, an open, an open door to, to hate them. No, 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 we love even our enemies. But what God's saying is, at this point, you can't have a relationship because they've refused to deal with what needs to be dealt with. And so he says, you go ahead and you put that boundary up with them. This is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Now, I have tried to help a few times in our church history. I had a businessman come to me once, and um, he was in business with another guy, another Christian, but they both came to this church, so they were both members of our church. And this is many years ago. It's, it's old now. But uh, the one guy came to me and said, hey, would, would you sit and uh, would you help us walk through this? And he, sh- he shared with me Matthew 18. I said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I knew both of them really well. And I said, yeah, I'll sit and I'll try to help you guys navigate this problem. And when the other guy found out that he wanted to do this, he's left, he left the church and never came back. He never came back, never talked to me, never came back. And, and it, it's difficult sometimes to get people to take these steps. It's awkward. And, and uh, all of us want to try to avoid awkward conversations. They're not fun. But God has called us to strive to be at peace and to make things right with everybody. And this is part of Christian maturity. So if you blew it in the past, let me just encourage you uh, to strive to have closure. But guess what? There will come times when you can't have closure, when closure is impossible. So what do you do? You still forgive. I like what Stephen did. How many of you would enjoy being stoned? I know I wouldn't. And I always tell people, uh, martyrs, martyrs get extra rewards. There's extra rewards for all of eternity if you die a martyr. And I told God, I'm passing on those. I don't want any of those <laughs> rewards. I really don't. I'd, I'd rather not have them for all of eternity. Uh, but listen to this, Acts 7, 59 and 60. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. That's powerful. Can you imagine that? You can't have closure with people that are stoning you, you know, but you can still forgive them. Jesus was hanging on the tree, and what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And even if someone won't have closure with you, yeah, you need to draw a boundary. You can't have the relationship you once had with them. You need to protect yourself in those ways, but you still forgive them. And Peter, he was looking for an out, and sometimes I see myself and Peter Um, so after Jesus shared what we just read in Matthew, uh, Peter came up and said this, Matthew 18, 20. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? I mean, he was going to keep track of this. And, uh, no, Jesus replied 70 times seven, which is 490. And that's impossible for someone to wrong you that many times. And I really feel Peter was saying, Lord, at the eighth time that a person offends me or wrongs me, can I smack them? And, uh, and Jesus is saying, no, we never smack, man. We never smack. We turn the other cheek. We love people. Uh, that's what we're called to do, to be people that forgive and, and people that love. So what I love is Jesus went on and shared a story to illustrate how we must forgive. And this is found in Matthew 18, 23, 24. So we're just going right down uh, uh, this, this chapter. And I want to just tell you the story. I'll narrate it. But then I want to show you the verse where Jesus connected the story to you and I in our lives. So there was this king, and he went to one of his subjects, and this particular subject owed him millions of dollars, millions and millions in debt. And the king said, I want my money. 
So the subject looked at him and said, I don't have it. So the king looked at him and said, I'm going to sell you, your wife, and your kids as slaves, and I'm going to get back as much of my investment as I can. This man fell on his knees, and he pleaded with the king to have pity and to have mercy on him. And the Bible says, as Jesus shares the story, that the king had mercy on him. And, and not only did he have mercy, not only did he give him more time, he wiped his debt totally clean. Isn't that amazing? So this guy comes out of the king's chamber. He must have felt so great. He has no debt. Millions of dollars canceled by the king himself. And he sees one of his fellow citizens who owes him a couple thousand dollars. And he goes up to this fellow citizen. He says, I want my couple grand. And the guy says, I don't have it. And he said, if you don't give it to me, I have a contract right here. I'm throwing you in jail. And the man fell down and he pleaded and he said, show me mercy. Show me mercy. And this guy that just had millions forgiven had him thrown into prison. Well, other citizens were upset, and they told the king, and the king found out about it. So the king calls this guy back into his chambers that, that he forgave him millions of dollars. And he looks at this guy, and he says, Hey, I forgave you a millions, and you won't forgive a fellow citizen of 2,000? And you, you won't even give him some mercy and let him have more time? And the king threw him into prison. The Bible said he had to stay in prison until he paid the full amount. So that's the story. Peter said, how many times? Jesus said, 490. And then uh, he shares the story. And then here's the very next verse. And it goes like this. In Matthew 18, 35, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters in your heart. That's amazing. Some of you are scared right now. It doesn't mean you're going to go to hell, so take a deep breath. Ah, the prison isn't hell, okay? Um, but the prison is referring to what Jesus talked about in Mark 11. Remember he said you can speak to mountains, believe you receive, and tell them to move. He said you can pray and receive if you use faith. And then the very next verse, Mark 11:25. what does he say? When you stand praying, if you have ought against anyone, forgive them so that your heavenly Father might forgive you, your trespasses. And what Jesus is saying here is the prison is you and I walking on this earth without God's blessing, without God answering prayers. And he's letting us know that forgiveness is something we have to do. We forgive because we were forgiven. And it's something God's saying, if you don't do it, I'm not going to be able to bless your life the way that I want to bless your life. And I love this quote. I, anytime I teach on forgiveness, I will read this. Dr. Lewis Meads, he said this, when you forgive someone, you set a prisoner free, and then you find that the prisoner was you. <laughs> and, and that's really who this is about. It's about you. I love this quote. I'm not sure who it's from, but it says this, when we don't forgive, it's like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. And it's all about us freeing us out of prison. And that's what happens when we forgive. Now, there are some of you in here right now, you're more like I am. I, I love justice. I believe in a just God. God is just. And uh, I, I, I'm like a black or white kind of person. And, and when I hear forgiveness, if I don't understand it fully, I just say, God, it doesn't make sense. You mean they're going to get off the hook? That's not fair. They get off the hook, Lord. And, and, and you're not the one. You don't determine whether they get off the hook. God does. And, and here's what I want you to know. God is a just God. And this really helps me. I actually don't rejoice in it. I feel bad for people. But listen uh, to what Romans 12, 17 says. Everyone has to answer to God. And it reads like this. Never pay back evil with more evil. 
Uh, do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Pursue closure. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And everybody has to answer to God. I have to answer for God if I wrong you. If I don't make it right, if I don't fix it, I'll have to answer to him. And, and part of it's going to come to me in this life. Listen to Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And you know, the Bible says we should never rejoice when our enemy is punished. And, and I don't say this, I'm saying this from a, a spirit to help you understand. This isn't about you, this is about God. All of us have to answer to God and all of us will reap what we sowed unless we repent and pull that seed out of the ground. And I'm so glad, aren't you glad we can repent and pull seeds out of the ground? I'm excited about that in my life because I've blown it and messed up a lot of different times in a lot of different ways. But I'm so glad I can repent. But you know what? What God wants you to do is set yourself free. You let God be God over all of us, but set yourself free. Release them. God is a God of justice, and justice is always done. And God will deal with those things, and you don't have to worry about them. So I found out what I call uh, three secrets to forgiving. This will not only help you forgive, it will help you stay in forgiveness with someone and it's, it's just really three simple principles. The first one is don't share the wrong done, guys. And that's a temptation to share the wrong. You know how we, uh, we said that God cancels the punishment? That's part of a fee That's part of forgiveness? Over my history, there have been times when people have wronged me where I gave them their punishment by sharing what they did with other people. <laughs> and, and it would be like, when I, when I shared it, it was almost like it just happened yesterday. It stays alive in you when you share it. But it was my way of making them pay. I, just, I would just say it and tell other people what they did to me. You can, can you all agree that's carnal? You probably think, how can I come to a church where a pastor was that carnal at one time? But, but that's what so often we do, and, and we don't realize. And God opened my eyes up uh, many years ago, and he showed me. He said, Joe, you're, you're punishing them for what they did by sharing what they did over and over again with people. You've got to stop that. That's wrong. You said you forgave him, but you keep it alive by saying it. And I love this scripture. It reads like this, 1 Peter 4, 8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Now, you know, if somebody breaks the law, I'm not telling you to cover that. If someone abuses a child, I'm not telling you to cover that. But if somebody offends you and hurts you, Love would cover it. That means we don't repeat it. We might have to talk to a counselor. We might have to get some help. We go to them, but we then close it out. And I found that if I keep talking about something, it grows bigger in me. It's like water in a plant, you know. So that's a secret that I learned. The second one is pray for them. And you see a scripture here, and verse 44 says, uh, but I say love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, which would be anybody that hurts you in any way. And I have found that if I pray for those that hurt me, guys, it's amazing how I begin to develop a love for the people. And so after I forgive, I make it, I make it a point. I'm not going to say what they did. I'm not going to share it. And I'm going to pray for them. And then here's the one that, in my opinion, is so powerful, and that is we're to bless them. This is a really amazing thing in the Bible. So listen to what this says, Luke 6, 27, 28. But I tell you who hear me, Love your enemies, 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. So if we're to bless those that curse us, we're to bless everybody and everyone. That's what we're called to do is to bless. And if somebody really hurt you or someone uh, offended you in one way or another, can we all agree that's the toughest thing in the world is to speak blessings over them? That's really tough. For those of you that are my age, I'm 55, and when I was in high school, we used to watch uh, Happy Days and go to school the next day and talk about what the Fonz did and what Richie and Potty did, uh, all those guys did, you know, Potsy, and, uh, not Potty. And, uh, <laughs> but what they all did, you know, and I used to love the Fonz, and there was an episode where the Fonz was wrong, and he had to tell a person he was wrong, and he tried to do it, and he said, I'm ruh, ruh. And it just was the funniest episode ever. And he had a difficult time saying he was wrong. And you know what? That's hard for all of us to do, but it's also hard for us to speak blessing over someone that hurt us. That's tough. And when Jesus said this, when he told the disciples that I want you to bless those that persecute you, those that hurt you, I want you to bless your enemies, I want you to bless those that wound you, they knew what it meant to bless, so their minds were blown. And I'm going to just show you what it means to bless. We're going to go to Numbers and take a look. This is what they knew. It's Numbers chapter 6, and it reads like this, verse 23 through 27. It says, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the people of Israel. So it's meant to be something you do with people you like. And these are the priests, and this was the blessing they were to speak over the nation of Israel. And it says, verse 24, God bless you, and keep you. God smile on you and gift you. God look you full in the face and make you prosper. In so doing, they will place my name on the people of Israel, and I will confirm it by blessing them. Can you imagine? There's some really powerful things said. They're very positive things said. And Jesus said, I want you to take the blessing that you guys all know about. Now, we don't growing up non-Jewish, but so that's why we need taught. But he said, I want you to speak that over people that hurt you. Now, some of you might be here and you might say, Pastor Joe, I don't have anyone to forgive. I have not really been hurt bad. And may I say I'm so excited for you. And I don't want this to sound negative, but sooner or later, someone's going to hurt you because uh, you live on planet Earth. And so that's not a negative statement. I'm not speaking a curse over you. Don't say, Pastor Joe, I rebuke that. It's just going to happen. If you rub shoulders, unless you're a hermit, uh, then you're going to hurt yourself. But uh, uh, sooner or later, we're all going to be hurt, guys. So sooner or later, you're going to have someone to forgive. But maybe you're sitting here saying, I don't. That's cool. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. But let me ask you a question. Is there someone in your life that pushes your button that you just can't stand being around? You should speak blessings over them, too. It would change your attitude towards them if you begin to speak blessings over those people uh, that you have a difficult time with. So all of us are going to be able to participate. We're going to do something in a moment. I wrote what I call a blessing prayer. It's just we speak blessings over people. You're going to have a fill-in-the-blank that you can whisper somebody's name. Now, this is on our website. It's on our BC app. So you can go get your hands on it, and you can copy it, put it somewhere. I'd encourage you to speak it over your, your family, people you love. Speak it over your kids, your grandkids. It's powerful. It releases God to bless people. That's what the Bible said. But also, anybody that's hurt you, this is a secret to forgiving people and letting it go. It goes contrary to human nature, but it's so powerful. So let's have a God moment. You ready? Close our eyes, bow our heads. I want you to think about who you're going to, to, 
to speak this blessing over. And we're going to practice this in just a moment, but I want to give you a chance to, maybe you need to forgive someone, maybe that's not an issue. Maybe you need to say, God, forgive me for making fun of somebody that I just don't like. Whatever it is. We're going biblical here in a minute. We're going to go biblical. We're going to speak blessings over people we don't feel like speaking blessings over. Thank you, Lord. Awesome, awesome. Okay. You ready? Guys, you can put that up on the screen. Let's, let's read it. Let's read it together. So you help me out, you read it, and then you whisper. You don't want to say their name, especially if they're behind you or next to you, okay? So, so, or if it's me, I don't want to hear my name. Okay, Pastor Joe. All right, here we go. <laughs> let's start. Ready? Lord, I ask you to bless, protect, guard, and keep in every area of their life. May your grace, kindness, mercy, favor, and prosperity come upon them and flood their life. Lord, pay attention to them and bring peace to every area of their life. May they become a light to your glory and name. Thank you for filling me with your love for them. How many of us can give a shout and say, Lord, thank you for setting us free and allowing us to speak blessings over people? It's so incredible. And I can tell you that it works, it works, it works. Let's close our eyes, bow our, bow our heads just for a moment more. Christians, believers, we can stay in an attitude of prayer, but our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Maybe you came here and you weren't sure of your eternity. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell. I want to help you know that for sure. I want to give you what I call the most important message in the world. The Bible calls it the gospel. It's the good news of Jesus. And the Bible teaches us that all of us have sinned. We, we all are out of sorts with God. We were born sin-stained, and then we do a good job ourselves sinning. That's why Jesus came. Jesus hung on a tree, and God placed the sins of the whole world on him. He died. He was buried. God raised him from the dead. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to heaven unless they go through me. Isn't that pretty cool? Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. So here's what I'm asking. Your heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All those things are good. They're fine. Nothing wrong with any of them. But here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day when you made it personal? And you said, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, and I make a decision to begin to follow you. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember when I made it personal, but I'm ready today. Would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And today, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. Thank you for dying for me. And this day, I make a decision to follow you. I'm going to read my Bible and put those things into practice. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.